Hello and welcome back to the love of, for the love of a franchise. I'm Paul, as always, and this month we will be reviewing Rambo: First Blood Part Two, or as they've taken to calling it now, Rambo Two. Um, Tony and I had this conversation yesterday about what it was called, um, so I thought I'd throw that in there. And as I mentioned, Tony is joining me as always. Hello, and Josh. Evening. So, yeah, we're on to our second uh, part of our Rambo reviews. Um, for sure, I am going to call it Rambo 2 throughout this episode. I'm not going to go through the whole First Blood Part 2 throughout it, um, <laughs> just for, for that sake. But, yeah, we, um, we are moving on to Rambo 2. I'm not going to do any notes because I think we've we pretty much covered a lot of it in the, the first episode. Um, I don't think when you get to a sequel that you need to go into in-depth stuff. Um, and we'll just jump straight into the review of the review of the film. So uh, my first note, and what I am going to say is I haven't got that many notes for this one. I didn't feel like I needed to. Um, yeah. Still got a couple of pages, but normally I'm three, three four, five pages um, when I do a review like this. But this time I just didn't feel there was any need to have that much. Um, yeah. my first first note is the, the punishment is interesting he's being treated like yeah. a prisoner of war which I thought that well, was a bit strange it's it, it's funny that I joined down here at, at the opening we basically we, we see we see Rambo in a rocky start yeah yes very <laughs> rocky start <laughs> bum bum what, what kind of resonated with me on it was the fact that Rather than like saying, do you know what, this fella's had a massive mental breakdown and gone on a rampage across a, like a small town. Yeah, okay, he should be punished for taking lives or something. But you know, let's look at the problems and what's caused the problems. Oh no, let's just lock him away and act like he doesn't really exist. Yeah, well, of course. I should just point out at that point. I think we sort of mentioned it in the first part. Is he doesn't actually take any lives in the film? No, he kills. He kills uh... the sheriff, doesn't he? No, no, he doesn't. Oh no, he he, he caps him, doesn't he? Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he does in the book. Apparently, he's a right nasty piece in the book. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and I remember after he recorded, I thought I think one of you guys mentioned it. Well, actually, we should cover the fact he didn't. But so, so I guess that 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 was in his favour that he wasn't doing hard hard yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's strange that he's uh, punished in that way, despite the fact that he's clearly had some kind of breakdown. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, again, I have to say... Yeah, I have to say, again, Stallone's performance is so different to what you expect from him Yeah, throughout this opening bit. It's, it's very different to, to anything you'd normally expect from him. It's, it's quite nuanced for, for someone that's known as an action hero, um, how he sells the issues um, that he has, um, which I think is, is great. Um, then we get the introduction of someone, uh, probably what you would class as a cult actor, who's, who's arguably now known more for being in Karate Kid or Cobra Kai for a lot of the, if there's any younger viewers out there um, who will be watching Cobra Kai on, on Netflix. Um, Martin Cove, who, who obviously starred in some of the earlier Karate Kid films and is, is now back in Cobra Kai. Um, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember him from Cagney and Lacey as well. <laughs> Oh, no. Cagney and Icy was another one of those those shows that 
you know, as a kid, you'd wake up. Like, you'd go to yeah. bed at your normal time and then you'd wake up at, yeah. like, half past 10, 11 o'clock at night and you'd come down and yeah. your, your parents were watching Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. Or, or yeah. in my my case, I might have mentioned it on a on a show, Golden Girls used to be on. I'd get <laughs> up and my mum would be watching that. And it's it's those kind of shows that I, I remember watching when, I, <laughs> when I'd get up in the middle of the night. Um, and then we kind of get what we we kind of expect from a Rambo film what everybody would say. It starts to build towards, I, I suppose, that picture that everybody's got of Rambo being this action hero, um, mm. which in the first film clearly isn't. Um, whereas well, this one, it, it does does lead down that path of a more typical Sylvester Stallone movie. Although, I mean, I, I just jotted down that I actually... It's somewhere like 33 minutes before there's any actual quote-unquote action. Yeah. It, there's but, a lot of build-up for an hour-and-a-half film. I mean, I, yeah. I got the point, I just jotted down things like the control room reminded me of the one in Airplane 2. And there's a lot of Diet Coke about in this film. <laughs> well, that happens to be what I'm currently drinking. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the first half an hour, I think... I don't remember there being no action in the first half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But we do kind of get that build up to it where he starts getting the mm. weapons and, and yeah. things like that. And that you kind of see him get those weapons that you see a picture of Rambo and he would be holding that gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you do kind of get that build up to it. What I hadn't realised was that it was co-written by James Cameron. No, I've, I've forgotten that, and I, I just I scribbled that down I didn't with an exclamation point. See his name in the credits. Yeah, comes yeah. up as co-written yeah. by James Cameron. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, a couple of interesting. Because of course we've got Jerry Smith doing the score again, um, and actually one of his weakest scores, I thought. It's, it's not particularly memorable. Um, no. And and the film was shot. It was photographed by a by a DOP called Jack Cardiff, who's done a lot of stuff over the years. I think bloody hell, he got some decent names involved in this. <laughs> Sequel, yeah, so. yeah, it was, and James Cameron had that whole thing, didn't they, of of taking sequels of very yeah, popular yeah. films. Yeah, because um, and also he and he wrote a few because I think he did like Piranha Two was another one he wrote or something like yeah. that. Um, he did a few early in his career. Yeah, and of course, yeah, just was on on the sort of that side as well. Then the d- director, I think, was George Cosmatos, who went on to direct, I think, Tombstone in later years. So. Yeah. There's really interesting people behind the camera on it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to the, the film itself, um, I found the flight scene really uncomfortable when they were on the plane. Um, it's stressful not just for the characters, but for the viewer. It makes you stressed out as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, which I thought worked really well. It was something different that you, you don't very often see. You've, certainly when he's on the side of the plane and, just, and falls off... They create a lot of tension just by having next to no dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, it really... It's, it's, it's a strange feeling. Yeah. But there you go. Um, and I said, why would you throw a man with such bad PTSD back to the sharks? <laughs> um, it literally is like putting him in a cage with his worst nightmare. Yeah. Um. And Stallone's performance sells it all with the eyes. He doesn't even need to have any dialogue. You can just yeah. see it behind the eyes that he's terrified about doing it again. 
and what it's going to yeah. do to him. Um, and then actually my next note was exactly what you said, Tony, 30 minutes in and it's a real slow burn. Other than yeah, the plane yeah. scene, there hasn't been any action at all at this point. Um, and as you say, it, for an hour and a half film, that's quite a lot for an action film to, to not have any action. Um, then that, that vest he's wearing, how many fucking nip slips do we get? This <laughs> is literally sitting there, and, and you can see his nipples pretty much the whole scene because it doesn't <laughs> cover him up at all. I'm like, oh, just at least put him in some clothes, or if you want to do that, just not have him wear anything at all. It's, it's off putting, maybe not for some people. I, I mean, um, I'm not gonna lie, I saw them, and I, he, he has got for such a big man and such a muscly man, he's got very tiny nipples. <laughs> that's what I, I'm not gonna lie. That's what I took away from from those scenes. Oh, little nips alone. Yeah, uh, that, that could be his western name. <laughs> God, imagine Sylvester Stallone in a western with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I would watch it. Him? Yeah, I would have watched it. I don't think you'd get much of the dialogue though between the two of them. <laughs> be looking at each other in a Mexican standoff, going, Does "Someone want to say something." Yeah. Um, you get one character going, and the other going, yo! I did note that you can certainly tell the difference between the, the scenes that were shot on location and on the soundstage. Mm. <laughs> the lighting on the soundstage stuff is awful. <laughs> it doesn't match at all. Um, like when they're going through the jungle uh, and it's kind of dark, but you can clearly see it's still being lit by lights so they can film it and it just it didn't match at all um, then we finally get a bit of action at last once he's in the in the jungle we, we get a bit of fighting finally um, I think it's about like 40 45 minutes in before we actually get that that first proper fight scene because um, at this point as well we, we sort of get introduced to um to an additional character played by Julian Nixon. And I watched it, I watched it a year or two back, and where the hell have I seen her? And she was in Babylon 5 about eight years later. Turned up in three episodes of Babylon 5. Oh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, she she wasn't. Um, and that was one of my my points that I was going going to bring up later on. I really feel like the last thing you need in a film like this is a love interest. And then clearly yeah. well, it doesn't last very long after it actually does well, become a love interest. It was, in fact, it's one of my big notes uh, and one of my one of my issues with the film is that whole sequence later on, that scene where she goes back, back to America. It's just so exploitative and yeah. so typically 80s. And you wouldn't see that scene now, in, in a, thankfully, in a, in a film. It just it just really clunky as well. They try to set her up as this love interest. But, oh, he's going to enter the film. He's going to take back to her. And then she steps around the corner and she's gunned down. You think, what? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. I know her acting wasn't that bad. No, <laughs> I, I had literally written down the last thing you need is a Rambo fair, uh, love interest in a Rambo film. And I didn't yeah. even finish my note. And I was like, oh, and she doesn't last long now. She's gone. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, like that gift you see from South Park. And it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> I li literally didn't even have time to finish writing my note. 
it is part of the yeah. same note. And it just, it, the whole thing is really seedy and desperate and it just try to sort of chew on some emotional response into the film that it doesn't need. Yeah. Yeah, it really Personally, I'd have, had her, I'd have had her survive and just carry on shooting alongside him myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but go, going a little bit further back, um, I, I feel like this film is, the stakes are a lot lower in yeah. this film than they were in the first yeah. one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And especially with adding extra characters around him, it doesn't feel quite as high stakes for him as it did in the first one. There might be stakes for other people, but it's, it's that main character is the crux of the story. And if his stakes mm. are lower than they are in the previous film, then it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, mm. And that's kind of what, what put me off a little bit with this film is just the, the lower stakes for, for John um, just takes away from it. Um, doesn't get you quite as much. Um, yeah, it's really write... just a film about him being used more than anything, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. By that, by that belly from the CIA. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I, did, I wrote down Martin Cove is always a dick, no matter what he's in. <laughs> he always plays that same character. Um, he was a bit of a dick <laughs> in Cagney and Lacey as well. Yeah, and he is in Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, and then, it, then we kind of get to the, the point where it kind of goes back to the same theme of the first film um, that John's being treated like shit, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's where his problems come from. Um, then, as I said, treated like shit, and then he's in the shit pit, which oh, is just, yeah, just that's that was foul. It's horrible. That, yeah. Yeah. That big shit thing is just vile. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, and then I actually said that the, the prisoner of war stuff, it's far more interesting than the action. Yeah. When we when he gets those gets the guys out, um, I find that Although, more interesting than anything we've had throughout this film. I don't know what you guys what you guys thought, but I thought when we suddenly you get like um, Stephen Burkoff turn up as the renter Russian. He used to do a lot of that, um, and you think, well, and the the Russians being involved, it just seems really forced and coincidental. Yeah, I, th I think there was a lot of that going on in films at the time, especially American. Yeah, album. it's yeah, it's a very eighties trope. I mean, it's something he dealt with himself in Rocky Four a year or so later. So it's all, yeah, it's yeah, around the same time actually. So yeah, yeah there's that very anti. But it just in terms of the suddenly woman he's dealing with with um, snooping around the jungle looking for the predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get to the chopper. We'll get to that at the end. <laughs> And the next thing we got renter Russians turn up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it turned into red yeah. dawn. So. Yeah, and and I actually bring up the film has an essence of the likes of Connery and Moore's Bond at this point. That it gets a bit farcical and it's just a little bit over the top. Yeah, at times, and he certainly on that note that you brought up at the start, there is no doubt that Rambo is killing people in this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, he proper enemies for him, yeah. Um, so he definitely does does throw in some violence, and it it has a little bit of Indiana Jones about it as well. Um, at times, just for me, that that's how I felt. In it was what a bit way? Bond of, just just how it was structured in this bit. Like he'd have a fight with someone, then he'll run off for a little while, 
then they'll have a fight with someone right. else. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And just kind of the the more farcical side of it from the the Bond stuff from that that kind of era where it wasn't quite so serious, should I say? Well, it's just it's 80s action as a, as a whole was could be quite ludicrous yeah. at times anyway. Yeah. But yeah. 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 And then we finally get that iconic look that everybody knows with the the red band around his head, no top. Um that we we hadn't seen up until this point. Um, and it, it happens in the last 20 minutes of this film. So his iconic look has pretty much taken two whole films to establish. Um, but it's the look that everybody knows. Um, mm. So it's a, a bit strange that it, it takes that, that long. Um, and then my last couple of notes, um, it very much feels like the first film by this point. It's John versus everybody else. Yeah. Um, once all the people that are with him are, are kind of gone, we, we lose the prisoners of war for a little while, don't we? Um, and obviously she gets <laughs> bullet ridden um, quite quickly after they snog. Um, so he's kind of yeah. left on his own again and is fighting against everybody. Um, so the people in the jungle, the, the guys that put him in the jungle... Um, he's fighting everybody at this point, and that that very much feels like the first film again, um, yeah. which was one of the the plus points of the first film, I think, um, and kind of raises this up a little bit higher than possibly it might have been, because um, you get that that section at the end. Um, I thought the practical effects in this film were really good, um, yeah. and these certainly in these these final <laughs> few scenes. There's one. There's that one death where he blows the bloke up with an explosive arrow, and he just bits around. I forget. I I, I laughed because it looks so ridiculous. Uh, but, but it didn't help that because I've sort of seen Hot Shots part do several part do several <laughs> times in the, in the intervening years of this film, and and he just kept thinking about Charlie Sheen and the chicken and the bow and arrow and stuff like that. Was watching this film. Uh, so then the final final scene obviously those helicopters the the helicopter chase I think is done really well Um, the one that they're using is ridiculously massive it's 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 overkill that isn't it that's like it should be in the fucking Halo franchise that thing yeah I did write oh my god that helicopter is a beast Um, and it's not until you get the shot of the two of them where John's helicopter's at the front and that one's behind him. Oh, that's and it literally a takes that up that, shot, isn't it? That literally takes up the whole screen. That is screen. just like comparing dick size and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and he's like a little dot in front. Uh, <laughs> no, you just, you, I just want to see Burkhoff to go, you like size of my chopper? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this time John comes out on top. Um, he survives does what he was sent in the jungle to do despite everybody being against him. Um, so it has a, a very different ending to the first film when it doesn't work out for him. Um, whereas this time it actually does um, and he comes good, um, which I liked. Um, you guys got anything to, to throw in before I get my uh, final notes? Yeah, I mean, I've covered a couple of the main issues. I mean, with about 20 minutes to go, I was getting a bit bored and actually... <laughs> And my, my frozen shoulder was playing up. So I ended up just right, going to like one word notes. And, and the, basically the climax of the film for me was napalm, explosions, shooty, more explosions, <laughs> rescue prisoners, chopper, 
gunship go boom. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just, they're Sounds just like you had a lobotomy uh, halfway through the film. <laughs> well, I felt like watching it anyway. <laughs> uh, and then I put, just, I did smile at the end, of course, just like the first one, 80s freeze frame and power ballad. Pa- ballad? Power ballad? 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 <laughs> it's a power ballad. <laughs> I'm still looking at the affection watching the film last night. And bizarrely co-written by Frank Stallone, which is no. and sung by him as well. Uh, actually, on that point, as you say that um, that won a Razzie. The film actually won, I think, four Razzies out of seven. Oh uh, gosh! Worst, worst pick. It's going to tie you to our other podcast, but it's the opposite. It actually got nominated for an Oscar for Best Sound <laughs> Effects and Editing, and yet won four or five Razzies. Worst Picture, Worst Actor for Stallone, along with Rocky Four. Worst Screenplay, Worst Original Song. So, yeah, so, we, maybe we should start a podcast on Razzies and just have this as the opener. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that can replace the Oscar one when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, my thoughts were it's a very very mid-80s actioner, uh, trashy, exploitative, very visceral, very bloody, very ridiculous most of the time. Um, Stallone got ripped. I'll give him that. Bloody hell. I mean, he's quite heavy set in the first film, but he looked like a guy who, was, who should have been like he was in the first film. But in this film, blimey, he looked ripped. And uh, But I thought he was a lot more monosyllabic as well. It's just, it's a funny, lazy sort of follow-up. Um, like you say, there's no, not a lot of high stakes in it for him. Um, and they try to squeeze in a message about the treatment of POWs and it just feels really clunky. And just leave that stuff out. You don't need it in an action sequel. It's just it's been shooting and blowing up. <laughs> um, yeah, so for, I mean, for, and score-wise... I know we've had this discussion on the podcast about what we were in average. For me, I can't go any higher than sort of like 58% for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, what about you? Um, I won't lie. I was really like disinterested with this one kind of from the off. Uh, I think when, when you get to the point in the film where Rambo's having the mission explained to him, I just suddenly like looked up and thought... Hang on, I'm supposed to be watching this film and I had my phone in my hand and I was like scrolling through Twitter looking for just random shit and I thought, am I really more interested in looking at my phone than this film? And it's like Mm. 20 minutes in and they have not hooked me. I mean, 20 minutes into the first one, he was about to undergo the torture in the police cell in the basement. And in this one, 20 minutes in, they haven't even told you what the main plot of the film's going to be. Like, you've just wasted 20 minutes of my life by doing that. Like, what? why? What's the point? Um, Rambo 3 should be interesting then. <laughs> oh, God, like, oh, please, no. So I'm, I am I honestly got thought Rambo 3 might be a slight improvement then. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if you can't grab someone's attention within the first 20 minutes of a film, then you're not really on to a winner, in my view. Um, if you can do it in half an hour, okay, fair enough, but it's got to be a bloody good hook. Um, yeah, I'd, I was really disinterested with it, and f- I, to be honest, I'd probably have to go a bit lower than Tony and go 55 with a score. 
Um, it's not one of the best. I mean, there are far worse sequels out there, mm. but this is this is not one of. This is kind of a mid-range sequel. It's like, yeah, go and watch it if you want, but not asked if you don't. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm going to be slightly different. I I don't think it's great. Don't get me wrong, and it's it's nowhere near as good as the original. For me, it was just bang average. And as I've discussed on other shows, I think an average film is around. 70 for me um oh. i still enjoyed it i watched it um kept my attention for the most part um it does take a while to get going as you say but i think the f- final 30 minutes kind of turn it round for me um with the big action scenes and once they kill off the love interest it kind of turns into a different film um it becomes more like the the original um for me and that kind of saves it um on my part so yeah i'm gonna give it a 70 i know it's a lot higher than you guys but i still thought it was pretty much average for an 80s action film and still had some some good moments in it yeah there's good moments it's just um if you if if i'm disinterested in a film as of about 20 minutes half an hour it doesn't bode well for the rest of it, really, unless, like, mm. something massive happens that goes, oh, hello. Like, <laughs> someone, like someone pops a boob out or something, do you know what I mean? Something well, like Stallone, Stallone did it a couple of times for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, the size of those nipples just put me off, you know, I'm not, I'm not into uh, M&M nipples. <laughs> so, there... There we go. That is Rambo 2 or Rambo First Blood Part 2, um, which I discussed with Tony last night. I still feel is really lazy, considering it has absolutely nothing to do with the first film. Um, to call it a Part 2, it isn't. Um, it's Part 2 of a franchise, but not of a story. Um, so I still think that's a bit lazy. But, yeah, there we go. That is Rambo Part 2, uh, First Blood Part 2. Um, and our second review of the franchise. Thank you, boys, for joining me. No worries. No problem. Thank you to our listeners for always sticking with us. We will be back in the new year um, with Rambo 3. 